Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Well, good morning. It is Thursday, February 29th. It is Leap Day, seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday... Wait, time out, time out, time out. Time out. Before we get into Mitch McConnell, because the, the, we'll get to it. It's fine. Okay. But can we talk about how stupid the calendar is? <laughs> Are you talking about Leap Day? There's just an extra day mm-hmm. every four years. If you were to have a child today, you should really consider naming them either Gregory or Julius or Caesar, perhaps. <laughs> what? Okay, so uh, did somebody... There's just an extra day every four years, mm-hmm. right? There's just an, an actual extra day. So what do you do... If you have a child born on this day, and I have been a asked leaping? this many times, a leapling, I've been asked this many times, and I, I honestly don't know what the answer would be. Mm-hmm. When do you celebrate the birthday? Is it obviously every four years? It'd be March the 29th, but is it the 28th? Is it March the first? February, Ooh. February 28th. Yeah, it's the 28th of February or yeah. March the 1st. Yeah, I think you get to pick whichever one you want. That yeah. is going to screw that kid up beyond <laughs> belief because every four years it has a different birthday. Mm-hmm. There's what, 0. 0.242190 seconds left on every day. And so this is how we make up for is it. Is this what, but how, they didn't know that when they did this all these years ago. Did somebody look at the count? When did this happen? When did we decide there was an extra day in February every four years? Well, Julie. Caesar is actually of credited for Of course, it was Julius. It was the Romans, wasn't it? He got the idea from the Egyptians, though. Ah, uh, even they followed worse. A solar calendar that spanned 365 days, and they realized that's just a little bit too much, so they shortened it. And then it was actually, I believe, Pope Gregory the Thirteenth who adopted the Gregorian calendar. The who? The Gregorian calendar. Oh. That's why I said, if you have a baby today, you really should consider naming them Gregory, Julius, or even Caesar. I always feel so bad for children who are born on this day because mm-hmm. you just you never I mean it it's just a ever rotating birthday and that's you especially as a kid your special birthday and it's as though that day didn't exist except for every four years how do you explain that to a small child it's your special day you get to pick <laughs> every four years mm-hmm. the, and people that are born on leap day they're called leaplings by there, the way are, is that who, who decided is that a real thing or are you just making that up no the the people the conference got together and you weren't invited to that meeting <laughs> And there was a vote, and they decided, yes, leaplings. Okay, so we can all agree, though, this is super screwed up that there's just randomly an extra day every four years, right? <laughs> just the way the solar system works, Rob. <laughs> Speaking of very screwed up, let's get to Mitch McConnell. Uh, oh, oh, you want to, really? <laughs> yes. Let's sing. <laughs> Here we go, come on. You know the words. Okay, so set up an Mitch McConnell stepping down from the helm of the Republican conference this year. It's going to end his time as the longest serving leader in the Senate. Okay, so the people that are excited about this and doing a little victory dance, I got bad news for you. Oh. Because you know how every time there's a Batman movie, Mm -hmm. whether it was the Joker or Bane, you're always like, boy, there will never be a worse villain for Batman than whatever this movie was. There's never a greater quest that Batman will have to overcome than the Joker or Bane or the Riddler or whoever. And every Batman movie, they just one-up themselves and there is a new greater challenge. The next villain finds a way to be worse than the previous villain that you didn't think could be any worse. Mm -hmm. I got news for you. It's going to be one of three people. 
it's either going to be Barrasso from Wyoming, Thune from the Dakotas, Mm -hmm. or Cornyn from Texas. All right, we have narrowed it down to these three underachievers, and Thune is probably the leader in the clubhouse because he was uh, McConnell's hand-picked number two, and he is straight out of establishment central casting. He is a Bush-era person, and if you think it's going to get any better or be any different Meet the new boss, mm-hmm. same, same as, as the, the old, old boss. boss. You think the, the, you think the Republican Party is going to let Josh Hawley or Cruz or Lee or Rand Paul or any of these people who might actually be effective in terms of reforming government in there? You are dreaming. Yeah, I put my money on Thune as well. So McConnell has served as the GOP leader since 2007. He made his announcement yesterday on the Senate floor. To serve Kentucky in the Senate has been the honor of my life. To lead my Republican colleagues has been the highest privilege. Mm -hmm. But one of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. So I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. As Republican leader of the Senate. Yeah, so let's clarify this. Yes. This guy is 8 million years mm-hmm. old. He can't speak. He regularly stops in the middle of sentences and gazes into the abyss. He's actually 82 years old. And he is not retiring, Casey. No. He's going to serve out his term, which is 2027, mm-hmm. which by my math, because he, he just turned 82 years old, that would make him... Five of three years. Then make him eighty-five years old. Mm-hmm. I forget what year it is now. I didn't realize twenty twenty-seven is not all that far off, but it is still several years away. He will be eighty-five years old when he quits. Think about this. He was you. There is no young person who elevates to the you know uh, leader of the their party in the Senate. And he has been there 20 years. That's how old and decrepit this guy actually is. He was he was old 20 years ago. And he became leader of the Senate then. Isn't it interesting that he said uh, one of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when to leave? Like, (laughs) kind of seems like he doesn't have that talent or he would have made this choice 20 years ago. And here's what's very interesting is John Thune is, I believe, also 62 years old, which is what Mitch McConnell was when he was elevated to the Republican leader in the Senate. So it is, again, meet the new boss, Mm -hmm. same as the old boss. Mm -hmm. It will be much of the same stuff. And nothing is going to change because the Republican Party, especially the Republicans in the Senate, do not want change. They don't want anything different. They think what's going on is just fine. Now, if we're honest brokers here, which we are, and that's why people listen to this show, Mitch McConnell was incredibly helpful and deserves a lot of credit when he blocked Merrick Garland. I was just about to say he kept Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court. You know, maybe that will be our uh, Rob Find Something Positive segment today, (laughs) that Mitch McConnell deserves a lot of credit for that because that did dramatically alter the course of history. Neil Gorsuch, who is an incredible jurist, um, probably my number two on the list of the the nine on the Supreme Court, maybe number one, um, is in Merrick Garland's place. He is markedly better. And it probably helped win the election for Donald Trump. And there's a whole bunch of lower court judges that are out there now because Trump was able to appoint those people. So for that, Mitch McConnell absolutely deserves 
infinite credit because that was him and he didn't back down and it would have been very easy because if it would have come to a vote there would have been enough republicans who are weak enough that would have gone along with it and the and the thing would have got got approved so he deserves credit for that other than that abject disaster on about 98% of the rest of the stuff. Look at the growth of government under Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. Look at the rise in the size and scope of government. Look at the catastrophes of government. The guy has been just a complete train wreck on just about everything other than judges. His approval rating right now is at 34%. His disapproval rating as Senate Minority Leader is at 63%. And isn't it interesting, we were talking about the meeting that uh, was happening between his and Trump's people and how there was talk that they were trying to convince Mitch McConnell to endorse Trump, which he never did, by the way. Do you think something else was going on in that meeting now? where they were saying, Mitch, you know what? Look, I think, there's, I think there's a couple things going on. I think, number one, I think Mitch McConnell clearly has some very serious health issues that are becoming largely impossible to hide. And you can mask those probably if you're just a rank-and-file senator. Like, I mean, look, Diane Feinstein's sign couldn't, didn't even know where she was at the end. But look, guys like Strom Thurmond and Jesse Helms and these guys who are a gajillion years old. Um you can mask that or, you know, you can just keep showing up and voting if you're a rank and file senator. It's very hard to do that if you're the leader because you got to be press conferences, you got to be these meetings. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing at play here is he just was somebody finally got to him is like, you're embarrassing yourself. We don't know what his diagnosis is. That obviously hasn't been re- revealed. So that's probably has the the most to do with it. The other part of it is he probably doesn't want to deal with Trump next year if Trump is the president. And he probably just said this is no longer worth it. And that's why he's going to work until November. Think about this. Mitch McConnell would rather work with Joe Biden than Donald Trump. Yeah. This tells you everything you need to know about who these Republicans are, who these Senate Republicans are, that their leader, who they have all repeated, not every one of them, but the majority of them have stood behind time and time and time again, would rather work with Joe Biden than Donald Trump. Well, it's a border showdown between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, and we're going to talk about that coming up from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's a border showdown. 22 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So President Joe Biden set to make that rare trip to the U.S.-Mexico border today. And that's going to set up a split screen for the uh, 24 rival he has with Donald Trump, right? Because they're both going to the border. They're going to different locations. And I'm sure their messages will be completely different as well. Yeah, doesn't this really put Trump in a better light because he's able to contrast himself with Biden? Like he he's one of the reasons I'm good at arguing, Casey, Mm -hmm. is and one of the reasons I was effective when I was in government is because I did. I've done this my whole life. And part of doing this your whole life is you learn to make the the adversary you're up against play on your terms. You always put yourself in a position to talk about things you're comfortable talking about that make you look better. Mm -hmm. And so much of being a successful debater or politician or winning elections or whatever is making the opposition play on your 
terms. It's no different than a sporting event. Right. You're controlling the conversation. Right. In you know, in football, if you are a run eccentric team, you want to get, you know, those those third and manageables where it could be a run, it could be a screen pass, you know, we're moving bodies, where, you know, basketball the same thing. If you're a if you got a you know a like Purdue, hey, get the ball into Zach Eady. We're gonna play on our you know on our terms and mm-hmm. have those guys have to collapse in and then our guys are open to shoot threes. And what Trump is doing here with this about having both of these guys at the same time, which is why I'm surprised Biden went at the same time, is he's going to he's going to force Biden to play on his terms on an issue Trump is good at and an issue Biden is vulnerable on. And so this should be a home run for Donald Trump. Well, Trump is expected to give remarks at Eagle Pass and uh, Biden's going to be in Brownsville. They're about 300 miles apart. Biden expected to meet with U.S. border agents and some of them they're not happy about it. They say this is just uh, another photo op. It's a dog and pony show. But the other big thing that people are noting is that just earlier this week on Monday, 511 illegal immigrants were encountered at Eagle Pass Station, and that's where Donald Trump is visiting. Just 12 illegal immigrants were encountered at the Brownsville Station, where Joe Biden is going. Here, here is another reason Trump will be very effective at this. There is near universal support amongst reasonable, rational, can-be-swayed people that something has to be done about the border. Now, obviously, like with anything else, there's 30% of the country that are complete maniacs who are for no borders whatsoever, you know, on-demand mass illegal immigration. Those people don't count. But amongst rational, reasonable people, there now there, there may be varying degrees to which things should be done or what should be done, but you have a near universal consensus amongst gettable voters that something needs to be done in the border, which gives Trump the freedom to be a little more Trump-like without offending people. People look at this poor girl getting killed in Georgia. They look at three million people coming across the border. They look at the changing of this country and what's happening, and they're saying someone has to do something. Sometimes in times of desperation, mm-hmm. people are over willing to overlook otherwise and I'm making up words here, unoverlookable character flaws, and that will allow Trump to go down there and be Trump, and they will say, well, at least someone's trying to do mm-hmm. or wants to do something to stop this. I mean, I like this guy, but I know he'll be serious about this. Let's go. Again, going back to Donald Trump wants to fight for us. Joe Biden, it seems like he doesn't want to solve the problem. He's just going because he's looking so bad comparatively. Here is the Texas Lieutenant Governor speaking about the location that Joe Biden has chosen to visit. He doesn't care. This is all about the politics of the future. They want millions to come here, become citizens, then voters, so they can control the country. And they don't care. It's obvious they don't care who dies to meet those goals. You know, we always talk about how successful campaigns... And if you're a person running for state house or state senator or even your local offices, free advice here, successful campaigns are written on napkins. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is it's three or four things that when you put it on a door hanger, you put them in big, bold letters. And that way, when somebody is that 15 second march from the front door to the trash can, they will associate you with these three or four things. And your campaign, and I will say this as someone who has been pretty darn successful in either running campaigns or being the candidate, your campaign is going to live and die on those talking points. And so for Trump, it's no different. Presidential campaign is a lot bigger than your city council race, but it's the same premise. He needs to come up with three or four things. It should be, it should be 
the border. It should be inflation and government spending. It should be energy independence and, and the price of gasoline. And those three things, I think you could run right to the presidency if he can, in a disciplined fashion, can message himself around the keyword being disciplined fashion, <laughs> message around those three things because everybody's sick of those three things and everybody largely blames Biden for those three things. I think it'll be an interesting preview of what a potential debate could sound like because tomorrow morning we're going to have audio clips of both of these guys at the border so it will be real interesting to compare and contrast what they're saying how they're saying it and what the whole thing looks like all right we've got jim merritt who's going to join us next you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc Kendall and Casey show, and oh, it's time to find out what's going on with Indiana politics and government. And to do that, we have our own in-house expert. He's Robert. 30 years, 30 years in the Indiana Senate until everything was derailed by, well, me. And he, thanks for choosing me, Jim Merritt. Hello. A trash a 30-year career. Oh, my goodness. You just, Way to go. You lit it up in smoke. It was so funny. So we had talked about this, Casey. I found the uh, Jim Does the State House Happenings mm-hmm. show Sunday mornings on WIB with me and Abdul, and it originated as a show called Capital Happenings before I even worked here at WIBC, and I found some of the original, we did video uh, podcasts of the show when it started, and I saw one of our original shows we did, it was from uh, your office, I yes, think, uh-huh. in the in, in the, the state, state house. house. They used to let me in and say, right this way, Mr. Kendall. With video and, equipment, oh, no it was just, yeah. uh, boy, it was a charmed life, and I looked at you and how young and happy you looked. And this is what I do to everyone, Casey. I age them. Mm-hmm. I take away their joy. I thought, boy, Merritt was such a in such a better place back then. Well, somebody really had to talk me into doing it. <laughs> I don't know. You seem pretty happy to me. I am very happy. And tan, by the way. Well, uh, you know, two days in Florida. You know, Good I think you. I think not to do like a stroll down memory lane, but I think we met. You were doing that Lifeline Law, and yes. I was doing that... Uh, that Central Indiana Today show out on WYRZ, and I had reached out to you about that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I started picking Merritt's brand. I said, you know what would be cool mm-hmm. is if we had a show about what's going on in the State House, and Merritt said, I'll do it! Well, yeah, and it's uh, it was fun, and I really enjoy radio, and I, I enjoy podcasts, and I'm still doing the Lifeline Law to tell your kids to understand that you could make the call and uh, save a life. You know, that thing that you did, there's, like we talk about the sexy big ticket issues but those really are the sort of things that you look back on and you probably think think about how many lives got saved because of that lifeline law well yeah not only that when you when you talk about the kids first license plate where you're you're uh, it was the first time anybody had had um put money into a license plate and and and, and defended against child abuse and and uh, the safe haven law, where you allowed people to go around the system and drop your baby off at a, at a police station, fire station, and then the lifeline law, where where kids make mistakes. And uh, in this society, you can't make mistakes anymore. And and this allows someone to call nine one one if your buddy is under the influence. Casey and I were having a conversation. Um, somebody who I'm, I know, and I'll tell you offline who it was, but very entrenched establishment figure the other day. 
And uh, this is somebody who was very supportive and involved with state government and Ballard and, and a Republican's Republican. And we were talking about how much the landscape has changed now to where there was a time, I'm sure you'll back me up with this, in the state house where you were like, hey, I just want competent, good government. Right. And you obviously were intricately involved at the mayor's office when Republicans were there. And that sort of has gone by the wayside because everything gets hyper uh, is hyperpartisan. Everything is um, people immediately lose their minds on social media and the parties kind of go for the red meat stuff because that's where they think, you know, they're going to get the most social media support, et cetera. The days of competent government and being able to conduct competent government are kind of long gone. Well, yeah, it hark back to 1979 and I'm an intern in the mayor's office and I'm doing a, a uh, brochure on the, uh, the great things that are going on at the uh, city market. You know, and 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 look at the shape the city market's in now. <laughs> Closing down today, actually. Yeah, and and that's why I bring it up. And and uh, Bill Hudnut was all about policy, about welcoming you to the city of Indianapolis. And politics was kind of a side sideline. It's completely changed now, and it's politics over policy in city hall as well as the state house. And things have changed so much since 1970. I'd started pouring coffee in '75, but. It started when you were 10. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I barely could drive. But the bottom line is, is that it, it, the politics has taken really over pol uh, uh, politics. Politics has taken over the over the uh, stream of ideas at the state house and at City Hall. And it's disappointing. Uh, Jim Merritt is our guest. All right. So um, speaking of politics, Micah Beckwith is going to be with us coming up at the top of next hour. He's going to file today to run for lieutenant governor. Abdul reported yesterday in the cheat sheet, he's got 600 people filed to run for delegate for the sole purpose of we're going to vote for him. Mm -hmm. The number to get is going to be 900-ish. If he even gets 450 of those people across the finish line, he's walking in with a pretty strong hand to the, to the state convention in, in a couple months. You know, compliments to him. Uh, it, it, is, it is an awesome task that that someone has, has taken on. Uh, such as such as Pastor Beckwith, and and we saw this with Diego Morales running for the Secretary of State. He wasn't the pick from the establishment. He cr crisscrossed the state, uh, working, working, and more working, and and uh, that he brought so many people into the party, and there were just there were Diego delegates, and and that same thing is happening here, and you know. If you get if 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 Beckwith has asked you to run and you do run, that's a vote for him. That's mm -hmm. nothing is going to change right. that. Do you think whoever ends up being the governor, will they be happy about this? I don't think so. Answer your question is no. Yeah. And and I I've said this a lot on this program, and and state house happenings. The the idea. Is it's almost like a president, a vice president mm -hmm. uh, in the federal government. Uh, if I were running for governor, I would have named my lieutenant governor candidate months ago because that that individual could have been out in the state getting delegates, finding support, dividing up a very large state of ninety two counties, and and uh, this would be my selection because. It, you, the lieutenant governor represents the governor and is in the legislature. It's really the lobbyist for the for the state administration, the governor's administration, and plays an enormous role. And uh, right now, if uh, Pastor Beckwith does become lieutenant governor, 
um, he's somewhat of a spoiler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about this on Statehouse Happenings, which is he would have no chance to win a traditional statewide election yeah. because he would not raise the money necessary. I'm very familiar with that. You know all about that, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it's one of the reasons you didn't run for governor. That's exactly right. Is it's just it's too big of an endeavor. Mm-hmm. You know, in the modern area, you'd have to raise five to ten million dollars at least, even be a player at the table. But and in some a, have five percent with that. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Doden and mm-hmm. you look at Chambers mm-hmm. and those two guys have almost spent ten million dollars together mm-hmm. and collectively what don't they have, have for it. Yeah, ten percent of the of the vote. But in a lieutenant governor's race where you know these 1,800 people are who I need to get, you can do it on three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000, and he can and is raising mm-hmm. that sort of money. It's mm-hmm. like the perfect, he found the, it's mm-hmm. like office space. He found the glitch in the system. And one of the reasons why I've changed my mind about uh, nominated governor, nominated U.S. senator, even maybe congressman, that ought to be going to a I agree. Um, a, a nominating commission, a convention, and uh, rather than a primary, and because it, money in politics has become so enmeshed in each other, and um, and and uh, kudos to Beckwith, he's doing a great job. And um, he has a very good chance to become the lieutenant governor because the Republican nominee and the and the lieutenant governor nominee for uh, lieutenant governor and governor nominees for the Republican Party are on on chance of winning in November. He's also been doing it for a long time. He started year, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, very early. I mm-hmm. mean, don't you think that plays a big part in it? Well, I, I would think uh, after a year, uh, you know, Abdul will probably agree with this that six hundred delegates you ought to have eight hundred. But bottom line. Is, is that we'll, we'll let him know he's falling short. Yeah, we'll tell him. Merritt said you're not doing your you're job. You're 200 short. <laughs> you, please convey that congratulations because he's doing he's doing a lot of work there. And uh, really, the bottom line is the bottom line. You got to have the votes. You got to have 900 votes. And but we know that uh, people in the establishment and the party are working this as well. And um, we'll just have to see. I'm a candidate. You know, hypothetically, Casey, there's a world mm-hmm. if Micah wins and becomes lieutenant governor, yeah. we could do our show from, from in front of the in front of the pig, right. the giant. There's a giant pig, right? Because right. the the uh, lieutenant governor is in charge of agriculture, right? Well, it's also the, from the bicentennial, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we could maybe mm-hmm. there'd be a world, and boy, nothing would make all of our friends at the state house <laughs> more happy than the Kendall and Casey show on the second floor being broadcast live mm-hmm. from the second floor of the state house, and we would just echo throughout the atrium and i don't know i think you better double check with micah when he's here uh just to make sure that if he does get this position yeah. that he won't turn on us exactly and <laughs> <laughs> he a... stays true to his convictions today <laughs> i have a feeling that micah beckwith is gonna work with you hey real quick before we let you go there's been a second uh straw poll now that mm-hmm. came out i think this one was in tippecanoe county mm-hmm. and the result was the same suzanne crouch was the winner you have been going to these Lincoln Days and these straw polls for years and years and years. She's two in a row. One she won and Curtis got second. One she won and Braun got second. Curtis was a, a close third. This one they had to pay for, though. Yeah, so too. this one you had to pay. Do you take any stock in these straw polls, or is this just, hey, the party insiders are doing party insider stuff? If I'm Suzanne, these are big-time victories. Really? And, and she's also uh, was just... 
noted as the government leader of the year for the Mental Health Association. Are, are, are they are they big time victories legitimately, or is it like you? Right. Can, no, it's, no, it's not legitimate. Oh, there's not legitimate. Okay, but you but, you, but you, you spin them. You, you spin them, and you hit social media. Mm-hmm. You get endorsements. You create momentum any way you can. Uh, George Bush. When he's running against Ronald Reagan, wins Iowa with the big mo, and then he, and then goes to New Hampshire and fails. But bottom line is, is that you make um, <laughs> you make molehills into mountains. Yeah, sure. and, and and she should. It's like winning primaries along the way. And then you can yeah, just congratulations. Say, hey, I, I keep winning. I keep winning. Mm-hmm. I'm the leader. She could win. She right. Could I mean, we 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 talked about this before, mm-hmm. where there's still forty percent of this party that suffers from a head injury or amnesia or mm-hmm. something who likes Holcomb, mm-hmm. and if like Chambers somehow gets out of the race, which, by the way, I heard a bunch of things about his campaign the other day that, I mean, there's maybe some shakeups coming over there that obviously not getting the results that you would think for all the money he spent. If he were to get out and re-clear that mm-hmm. establishment lane for her and you got Braun and Curtis mm-hmm. splitting the anti-Holcomb vote, she could win. Well, also, there are going to be debates. I understand there's a debate on March 27th. It's one on the 11th, and yeah. you're neck of the woods. Carmel. Yeah, and I'm so- surprised you're not the moderator. <laughs> because you, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> But the bottom line is there's plenty of time left. And and, uh, I I said this a year or two ago. It's a shame that these candidates aren't building to this moment because – uh, you know, we 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 all agree here. Property taxes and Johnny can't read would have been the best issues to run on in this governor can, campaign, and everybody's ignored those issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I watched when I watched that old Capitol happenings. Mm-hmm. I just thought about how kind and gentle we were back then. <laughs> Mel McMahon told me this one time at Radiothon. She's like, I loved that show you did in Hendricks County. You were so nice back then. Before. And then and then you came here. Uh-huh. We're trying to nice you up now. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice you up. Jim Merritt. You can find him at Jim underscore Merritt on Twitter, or as you would say, Jim underline Merritt yeah. on Twitter. And then uh, you have the very fabulous, the very fabulous uh, Merritt in the Merit Morning, in the morning. Mm-hmm. podcast, which you can find on YouTube mm-hmm. and Facebook. Jim Merritt, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. were the best and surprise the Washington commanders were the worst. <laughs> it is 10 minutes in front of 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. This is according to a new survey that the NFL players do themselves. They get asked a whole bunch of questions and they reveal all sorts of shortcomings that you would not expect from a multi-billion dollar Organization. Okay, so this is about the organization as a collective. This isn't necessarily on the field of play. Correct. This is about sort of, hey, it's the weight room. It's the facilities. Mm-hmm. It's how they care for us on the road. It's, it's a litany of things. Now, I will say this, that there's some guy right now mm-hmm. in this very, very inclement weather, very cold weather, mm-hmm. who's out digging a ditch somewhere on a crowded highway who is – Every time he turns his back, worried some impaired motorist is going to veer off the road and smack into him, who's going to look at this survey and go, WTF. That's exactly what I thought. Like these guys' version of we've got it bad, Mm -hmm. the average person will look at and go, that is 
my current working environment, I'm lucky if there's a coffee machine, you know, <laughs> so come on, let's keep it all in perspective here. Okay, so the survey was filled out by more than 1,700 players. They do it anonymously. And like you mentioned, the questions range from the food, the cafeteria, the training room, the training staff, the weight room, travel, and also their ownership. And the Miami Dolphins got the best rating. Apparently, they get treated very well. If you, okay, even the worst, they said the Washington Washington was the worst, Washington right? Commanders got the worst grade yeah, okay. in the NFL. Yeah, and that seems about right, given mm-hmm. who Daniel Snyder is. 19 percent of the players didn't feel that the locker room was big enough right sure that's what i'm saying is if you were to the average person were to step into and be given a tour Mm -hmm. of nfl facilities like if you went to 56th street and went to the colts facility you would be in awe of how great all of this is i mean even the worst run nfl team which is washington which by the way has new ownership so i'm sure they'll do all sorts of upgrades i am sure the train the the training table the food Mm -hmm. the continuous monitoring of nutrition and physical activity i mean it is just the average person couldn't even begin to relate to this and it's all it's all relative. It's all relative to one team to the next, but the average person would walk in there and say, I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. I think the average person would walk in and say, wow, this is fantastic. Yes. This is amazing. Yes, I'm a would. super fan. I love this. This is incredible. You get to work here. But according to the players of the Washington Commanders, the team doesn't have a family room during games. Oh. <laughs> right. Uh, according to the Cincinnati Bengals, the team's dietitian received low grades because the dietitian just doesn't show up enough. (laughs) That's the sort of job I'm looking for here. The show doesn't get high enough grades because Rob doesn't show up enough. Um, Rob, do we have a dietitian? Do we have a family room? Let me me explain to people what I've been doing for my dietary needs for the past week and a half. Mm -hmm. Terry Stacy got some sort of gift bag for Valentine's Day and it contained... um, some snacks that she wasn't going to eat and she told me and you have witnessed me do this Mm -hmm. um for the past two weeks she said if you would like some of these you're more than welcome to that is what i have lived off here at work and and the and the water machine that dispenses the the water so that's our training table Mm -hmm. that's our uh our dietitian, if you will. Well, our dietitian is definitely not working because I went and picked up a bunch of box of Girl Scout cookies for Terry, <laughs> Stacy, and I yesterday. I get to deliver those to her today. So um, maybe you'll have cookies tomorrow, What's Rob. What box of Girl Scout cookies run these days? $6. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, $6. I got some Thin Mints, some Dosey Do's, and some Are these all for Samoas. you, or did you get something for your husband as well? I got a couple boxes of Samoas for him. Yeah. He, some places they're called Caramel Delights. Uh-huh. Depends on where you are in the country, oh, what they're named. Well, that's really interesting. I thought yeah. there was just some giant cookie factory where they all just dispersed all the Girl Scout cookies to and from, but apparently they're named different things based yes. on where you're located. Yes, based on where you are. Hey, guess who's coming to yeah. join us next? Big day to... Big day today. Micah Beckwith is officially going to file to run for lieutenant governor. So uh, let's roast some uh, failures of the Republican Party when we come back. How about that? Sounds good. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.